Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Automatically keeps out the sounds you don't want to hear so you can listen to your music. And lowers your music to let in the sounds you do need to hear. Hi there. Hi, what can I get you? I'll have a strawberry mango coconut probiotic smoothie with wheatgrass. Anything else? Extra wheatgrass. Here you go. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Available on AirPods Pro second generation when enabled. What's up, everybody? DJ here from Move the Sticks, along with Bucky Brooks, our podcast. We look at the NFL through a player personnel perspective, looking at teams, looking at matchups, looking at the NFL draft. You can catch us on Move the Sticks, NFL.com slash podcast, as well as iTunes. Yes, welcome to the Dave Damashek football program. As always, presented by McDonald's. Go get some of those delicious chicken McNuggets, 100% all white meat, no artificial colors or preservatives. We have much to get to on today's DDFP. A little college football preview, dead or alive. We want to figure out some uh, fantasy stuff. I just had my big draft the other day, and uh, we want to figure out what's going to happen in the NFC in the wild card situation with Teddy Breeze, Teddy Bridgewater's terrible injury. But first, let's get to the hurry up, and we have a special guest joining Matt Harmon, handsome Hank, and me here in Studio 66 on Skype. Our all-time. Is he our all-time favorite football-playing guest? I, I mean, he's my number one. It's strange that you'd have to ask that question. I don't know. There are some other keen candidates out there. There are, but it's embarrassing for you to have that conversation in front of him. That's true. Yeah, Let's pretend it didn't happen. Number yeah. 50, you can, uh, you, uh, of course, uh, Ohio State fans, Green Bay Packers fans, Cincy Bungles fans, and fans of podcasts because he has the Hawk cast. It's A.J. Hawk. What's going down, fella? Not much, man. It's good to be here. It's good to uh, to be here with the whole crew. I, I love uh, I love your guys' setup over there. Yeah, well, listen, we love uh, it's it's all the better when uh, when you join us. So let's jump into it here, Hawk. We'll say uh, proper hellos in just a minute, but this is the hurry up after all. I start with you. Which current backup QB should the Vikings go after? Chase Daniel, AJ McCarron, Geno Smith. How say you? I mean, I would think that the number one candidate would be A.J. McCarron. That dude has proven that, that he can start in the NFL, I think. Uh, I don't think the Bengals are going to let him go for anything cheap, so that's probably off the table there. But I like Chase Daniel, man. I think he's a player. I think he's a he's a guy that when he has gotten in the game and played, he, he plays well and he has experience, so why not? Give it a shot. Handsome Hank. I agree with Hawk. I would if, it, if I had the choice to trade for, I would go with A.J. McCarron, but I might also wait until, like, Sunday or Monday of next week and see if Geno Smith is just out there for me to be able to pick up because that's a that's a possibility with the four quarterbacks they have on the Jets roster. I know it's loco, but I think Geno Smith still has a chance. I have. I, I, I think I maybe uh, I, I would agree. I, I just don't know that the chances it is with the Jets. Yeah. Harmon, how yeah, say you? I don't think the Bengals are going to let McCarron go because they just drafted him, and it's nice to have backup insurance like they saw last year when Dalton went down. I don't think the Eagles are ready to give up Daniel either. They gave him pretty substantial money to be their backup. So, to me, I think Geno Smith of all these three guys is the most logical candidate, and I don't really know that the Jets know what they're doing with the quarterback position right now. They didn't play Hackenberg in the preseason. Petty's there, but and I'm with you. I still think Geno. I like Petty ultimately, but you couldn't drop him onto a playoff-ready team like the no, Vikings right. and, and 
and throw him in there. Um, I I think that if Carson Wentz hadn't broken that rib, I bet Sam Bradford would be on the move right now. Why wouldn't the Eagles just want to purge the whole Sam Bradford situation and turn things over to the kids sooner rather than later? Next up, should the LSU or Wisconsin players, that's a big college football weekend upcoming here, they're playing in Lambeau. If they score a touchdown, Hawk, is it okay and should they do the Lambeau leap? They'll get penalized for doing it. I think the Wisconsin guys should 100% do the Lambeau leap. LSU guys, no, nah, unless you want to be like the uh, – was it T.O. who used to jump in the stands and guys used to ever, every once in a while try to do that and the fans would kind of push them back and pour a beer on their head. If I was the Badgers, I would jump in and take the penalty. I like that. Yeah, that's of course. It's your one chance in life, maybe. I mean, I guess if you have a NFL future, maybe you'll get another right. shot at it. But it's highly unlikely you're going to wind up on the Green Bay Packers as an NFL or scoring TDs, right, Handsome? I mean, yeah, absolutely. I would definitely do it. How many, how many Lambo leaps did Hawk do? I've done multiple when I was with my family taking a tour of the stadium with some friends, right. but I've never. Uh, Zero in-game action, man. None. It's unfortunate. I encouraged Hawk a couple of years ago that should he ever pick off a pass and run it into the end zone, he not only does the Lambo leap, but he takes it to a new level. He grabs a beer of a nearby Packers fan, chugs it, and then he gets out of the seats. That would be legendary, Hawk. You'd get fined, but so what? Oh, who cares about the fine? I I thought about doing that on some of my interceptions that I I didn't score with. I – I got to pick off Brett Favre once when he was with the Vikings, and I returned it, and I was like at the 50 on the sideline, and I thought about running all the way down to the end zone <laughs> and jumping into the stands right there because I remembered Sheck telling me a long time ago, man, you got to get in there and grab a beer. Grab a beer. Now I'm angry that it, that didn't happen, Hawk. Now we can't go back in time. Harmon, how say you? I mean, yeah, I think you got to take the jump. Like you said, you don't want to live the rest of your life with the regret that you had the chance to do it and you didn't get to do it. Next up. Who looks by, you know, Hawk has a handsome new hairdo, or not that new, but, you know, we, we've discussed that at great length. Clay Matthews, Johnny come lately, oh, look at me with my long flaxen hair. I'm like Thor. Yeah, except that Hawk beat you to it by like two or three years, Clay Matthews. That's a good point. And uh, so he went, so Hawk's not going to be like hanging on to it. He's like, fine, you have the hair thing. I'm going to shed my locks and go with a new look. Now it seems like Tom Brady is going after the Hawk look. Let's see who looks best with Tom Brady's new haircut here in the studio. Who do you want to go with first here, Emma VP? Oh, there's Damashek <laughs> with it. Yeah, it's very like A.J. McCarron as a junior at Bama, kind of <laughs> like that swoopy hairdo. I look handsome with anything. You know, that's kind of the last. Well, let's, let's give everybody a shot here. Next up. There's Hanson Hank with it. <laughs> That's uh, a weird picture of me generally. But by the way, if, if you aren't seeing this because you're consuming uh, via the audio, we appreciate you hanging with us here. But go to uh, NFL.com slash podcasts and you can take a look at this. Harmon, next. I think this is going to go great with you here. Oh, God. <laughs> Hard That's really changed. good. That yeah. actually kind of works. Yeah, it does. Looks you, it looks than... best on you. If you were, uh, you look like a doctor. Well, it matches like the beard <laughs> and the hair color because with Shex it looks so weird because he has the dark, dark beard and then the light hair. That looks well, just, now your just current hair dude that looks like you. Eric Trump's. What? Yeah, the, <laughs> that's I mean, slanderous. It, <laughs> well, it does. Do we have one a hawk? And there's a. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that kind of works too. <laughs> that kind of works. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's a little I bit like, like excellent Spider-Man number three, the one when he like swoops the hair over that terrible movie. That, That's right. Uh, that when he turns looks into like Venom. Yeah, right. A little bit. I think what what we learned here is that uh, you know you can put any frame you want when you have a masterpiece right, right in the middle, like Damashek does. You put put whatever garish. Was anybody but you on. really impressed with how the hair looked on you? Let's start the show. Yes, hi and hello, and welcome to the DDFP. Once again, and as always, uh, sponsored by McDonald's. I mentioned those Chicken McNuggets. Go get you some of those. They're a delicious treat to have at a tailgate party. And, you know, as we jump in on a little college football here, Hawk, have you ever tailgated? Yes, I have. During a bye week uh, years ago, I went and tailgated and did not even go into the game. I sat on a bus and watched it on TV from about 300 yards away. That's a lot of fun. Is that what uh, are you? Did that make you envious of how everybody else gets to spend game day? Very much so. I, I learned that when I was in college. The I, I might have even said this on your podcast before, but we stayed at a hotel right in the heart of campus, like right. It's called the Blackwell Inn, and we'd wake up and open your blinds at seven a.m. 
and there would already be a hundred thousand people outside in the streets <laughs> tailgating and we'd be like man these people are this is no joke and it might be a night game and they're they're there 10 12 hours early so i always thought like if i can get a chance i want to try to tailgate one of these times and i did it right i went and mooched off one of my uh my friends and they had like a sweet little tour bus type deal and i hung out and they all were going to the game and they left and my buddy Doug Daddish, who I played with at Ohio State, we we sent our tickets with them. We said, you guys are good. We're going to watch it right from here. And we hunkered down and had a great time. Hawk, there's a chance, of course, that an NFL team will call. Have you kept yourself nice and fit or are you intent on being in Columbus for whatever it is, six game days and maybe even traveling around Big Ten country a little bit? Uh, I mean, I'm I'm not officially re- retired or anything, but uh, I will always stay in shape, Damashek. I mean, I'm almost offended by that question. I, I'm going to work out forever. <laughs> Retracted. I don't. Retracted. Yeah. Well, I know. I understand. If you can see, I'm wearing this Youngstown Fire Department shirt just in honor of you, because that's pretty close to your your town of Pittsburgh. And I know how, plus, how much hour. pride you have. Yeah, maybe 90 yeah. minutes from Pittsburgh, PA. Yeah, a lot of the Youngstown guys that I'm friends with are all Penguins fans, Pirates, Steelers, and all that. So I did this to honor you. But of course, yeah, I, I'm. I will always physically be ready to play, even when I'm 50. I mean, my body won't work, but I will physically, maybe, hopefully, look like I could play. Best, uh, best um, game day atmosphere that you experienced in college or in pro. I mean, does Lambo rival, you know, Ann Arbor in a on a rivalry <laughs> Saturday? Well, if anyone. People can lie to you and tell you that Ann Arbor is one of the greatest places to play. And <laughs> sure, there's 105,000, 110,000 people there. But for whatever reason, how the field is like dug in. I don't know if you guys have been to a game there. I've been to the a first... couple and I know exactly what you're going to say. Yeah. yeah. So like you get in there and you expect, OK, 110,000. This is going to be crazy. But the the people are so spread out and the, the stands like go. They're so it's so wide that it doesn't feel like 110. And. I was one and one in the shoe, but when we got there, we were kind of underwhelmed, I think, just at the sheer magnitude of it. If you go to like Penn State, it's straight up like an erector set, like how it's built, so it gets really loud. But I would say the best college atmosphere, other than playing at the shoe, was Camp Randall. When you played against Wisconsin, man, we had a night game there my freshman year, and it was nuts. They do the whole jump around uh, thing where the whole stadium goes crazy between the third and fourth quarter. So that is that is by far one of the best college atmospheres you could ever play in. Yeah, I've heard that one thrown around. I've heard some Virginia Tech. I've never been close to a game over there. And I, I've seen a lot of Big Ten schools. Ann Arbor's a nice town, but I'm, I'm completely with you. The, somehow the sound escapes there. It does not feel as intense as you would think 100-plus thousand people would be. To me, the loudest joints I've ever been in are, I, I guess, you know what? There's really not really a close second to what I experienced up at the clink. Yeah, Seattle, they they did it right. They built it straight up. The sound like bounces off each other. I know, what is it, Paul Allen owns the place. He's a pretty uh, – he, he owns the team. I don't know about the stadium. It's a pretty uh, – it's legit. They they put some thought into that. And, and if you see on the scoreboard, they'll say how many false starts they've had uh, in delay of games. I guess they've they've – the fans have caused throughout the season. So that, that definitely kind of creeps into guys' heads, I think, once they're there. Have you ever played at a place where you know, even if it's not been admitted, that there's they're pumping sound in there? I don't know if we. Uh, I mean, I think the old Minnesota play, the old dome right. in Minnesota, they claimed that they were. I think they might have got busted for pumping. Yeah, sound I think they did. There. I think, but I wonder. I just wonder if it's if it's obvious to you on the field that wait, wait a second, this this, this <laughs> noise is definitely not coming from these fans. I think a few times, yeah, we've talked about it in the locker room after the game, right. realizing like, man, there's something was going on there. They definitely had to be pumping some sound in, which I, I don't care. I, I don't think that sure. should be illegal. That's fine with me. They should add it to the, the home field advantage. Uh-huh. Um, let's jump in then full on to college football. And I start with this one more for you directly, Hawk. Is Jim Harbaugh, because you have a lot of reasons, you know, his Niners beat you guys in the playoffs and, you know, now he's the Michigan head coach. Is he your least favorite guy in football? No, he's definitely not. I mean, obviously, we all know he, he seems to be a bit crazy, which is great for college football. It's great for, for the rivalry between Ohio State and Michigan. But I wouldn't say he's the – he. I, I don't hate him or anything. I, I think – I just like characters, and I, I think he owns who he is, whatever that may be, whatever uh, whatever he may be thinking throughout the day. But I think he he's a great college coach, how that works. And obviously he proved that he could do it in the NFL. But he came back. I feel like he's home now and he feels comfortable and he can settle in and be himself. And I think the players 
seem to have bought in. I know everyone's already pubbing Michigan to be the national champs this year. I don't think that's going to happen this year, but who knows, man? He's got them on the right track, but I still think they're going to have a tough time with the Bucks. I, You know, that's exactly right. Hawk and I park our cars in the same garage. You want some WWE in your football. <laughs> yeah, you right. want people to loom as actual rivalries who you actually don't like. This business of – NFLers trading jerseys in preseason games after the thing. What are we doing here? What, what's become what's become of our society? Well, there aren't any rivalry games played in the preseason. I don't I care. I don't point, want. I don't, I don't need. They, they, they don't need to happening. be doing that. You want to do that in the bowels of the stadium? Don't do that. I, I've I've generated a lot of uh, of uh, animus over, over the years towards these teams. I don't need to see you glad handing with the foes out there. I don't even care about that. Just as long as you have personality, just be interesting. The the people that are just kind of the same old responses in in press conferences and all that. That's enough of that. We need more people with 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 interesting storylines. Yes, I I hear that noise. All right, hey. Sully behind the glass there, Hawk. College football, I know, technically is already underway. Cal played. That doesn't Hawaii? count. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. count. It was in Australia. It wasn't even on the continental United States. Get that out of here. I think that I think it counts on their record. Wait. It does count on the records, but it's also Cal and Hawaii. Who cares? All right. Yeah. Sully is wearing Sully. an orange uh, golf shirt today. Yeah. With a T over his uh, left bosom. To celebrate his loyalty and uh, his excitement for the 2016 <laughs> Vol season, and uh, that's just the tip of the iceberg. You got Oklahoma and Houston this weekend. Right, that's a dandy. LSU was uh, Wisconsin, like we mentioned. Bama and USC down in Texas. Clemson and Auburn. The Irish and the Longhorns. You have Ole Miss and Florida State. UCLA smorgasbord yeah, of so, incredible. I mean, it's 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 the best best opening weekend in college football history. Harmon, what's the one game you're looking for? You can only watch one. Which is the one? I mean, it's kind of chalky to say Bama and USC, but I just want to watch it because of the tears that will flow through this office (laughs) when Bama does, in fact, beat USC. You've got some people that are realistic about it, like Marcus Grant works on the fantasy teams. Like, yeah, I'm ready to just drink a few beers and watch him get. And then you have MJD, who's actually picking USC. Well, I mean, and that went just to UCLA. You, what is up with you that? You said you said MJD, and that's exactly what. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Handsome. I think for the same reason, but also because I'm interested in that quote about UCLA against Texas A&M. I think Joshua, he's fun to watch. Yeah. And he has, also he also and talks a bunch of smack to A&M. He does. He he. That, I, that's why I like. Once him. you and get over fifty thousand, it's the same. No. Sally, am I allowed to speak? Yes. Thanks, man. Sorry. <laughs> um, uh, and but no. So I'm looking forward to Did that. They play game. college football in England. Yes, they do. <laughs> okay. Yeah. We're just, we're just All checking. Right. But can okay. you turn his mic off, Emma? Okay. <laughs> uh, no, I just think that'll be a fun game. Well, uh, you know, you mentioned Bama and SC. The thing that Willie McGinnis said to me, I asked him, How's your, how are your boys going to do um, against uh, Mighty Bama? Mm-hmm. And he said, I don't know what to expect there. Um, and I said, well, the Bama thing is they generally the nature of their game is they keep it fairly close, but then they just overwhelm you physically right. and by uh, in the fourth quarter they pull away. And he said, oh, but Lane Kiffin is uh, is going to have something to say about that. He ah. definitely wants to whip Revenge SC. Game. And I thought, oh, that, oh yeah. that could be fun. They might really put it on, uh, yep. really right. put it on SC true. there. Hawk, how say you on this? I like what you're going with with the USC Bama, and I, the, I didn't even think about the Lane Kiffin angle until right now. That's a that's yeah. If if Saban doesn't pull back the reins, I mean, I, Lane's going to try to score a hundred points. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't think he will, but once they like you said, they can physically start to outlast them, and that's it's true, man. Bama has three deep all going to the league. These guys, you know, if you're a running back, you better start as a freshman. You better have two solid years. Maybe a redshirt year, two solid years, and then you're going to the NFL because you have these young guys behind you going to take your gig. And that's how uh, Bama seems to always have been. I, I like Nick Saban. I know he's not a, uh, a high personality guy, I guess, as we would say. Hmm. But I think I love his disdain for the media and his press conferences. I just think that's, that's just fun to watch. I, I can't imagine being a media member in one of his press conferences and trying to ask a question. Like I think that might be the most nervous I would ever be in my life. <laughs> I'm trying to think. I don't know why I can't uh, place. It must have been Trestle for all uh, all your time there, right? That was the, the yes, whole. Yes, it was. What uh, to me? I've said this a million times. If I were a five star kid, I wouldn't go to Ohio State or Bama or SC because then you're you're one of the great linebackers in Ohio State history. So there's something to be said for putting your name in that group of great defensive players that uh, the Buckeyes have have mm-hmm. provided. 
football over the years. But to me, I'd rather be like Archie Manning and go to a place that has no history where you for all of time are the greatest ever. Like you're you're the old, oh, you see who's here? Like Eric Dickerson. If he goes to SMU, there's not, there's not a close second. Eric Dickerson is the king of SMU. Don't you see that, Hawk? I, I understand what you're saying there. I mean, you, you might be on to something. You should probably sell that to these young recruits and just go – if you were coaching at SMU or something, you could go t- talk to these five-star kids and tell them – Present that to him and let him know, hey, right. forever and ever, when you come back here, you will be really the only great player we've ever had. Yeah, you'll never, <laughs> ever have to buy a drink or a meal in this town. You will go. You may go 2-10 and 10 every right. year that you're here, but still. I mean, you know, Dak Prescott now, I mean, that's kind of the situation he's going to be in with any success uh, in the NFL. So, all right, let's uh, – and by the way, you know what, Hawk, you remind me. I've said this a million times, but now to veer – not off of just the NFL into college football, <laughs> but now into college basketball. Here's what makes my head spin. If I were in Chicago or New York, these these are the two cities that yield the most college basketball level NBA talent anywhere on the face of the earth. And yet neither one of those towns has a high-end college basketball program. Why doesn't a Chicago native just say that DePaul should hire a, a, a Chicago guy, a high-profile a high guy? And he says, I'm only recruiting the city. I'm not going to go. I'm not going to go 40 miles outside of Chicago. But if you don't go to Chicago, if you don't come to DePaul, you're a traitor to your city. Shame the devil. (laughs) I'm going to win the national championship only with Chicago players. And if you betray me, you betray your city. Delay a game. Don't you delay a game, me. It's football season, Sheck. I'm sick of talking about basketball. Let's go. You're right. You're right. Okay. Fair enough. Fair (laughs) enough. I'll, I'll move on. But you agree with that, right, Hawk? Yeah, I would hire Horace Grant. Let <laughs> him come exactly in. Right. Hire Horace Grant and have Scottie Pippen be his number one assistant. Maybe Bill Wennington, the third assistant, and guilt these Chicago kids into coming to DePaul. You mm. get where I'm coming from there, Hawk. That's exactly right. And Ho Grant has to wear the glasses the whole time he's coaching, too. All right, Hawk, I start with you here. Let's go around the table and just give a um, – uh, you know, uh, the broad strokes of what the college football will see or be, will be or where it will end. Tell me who you got in the final four. Oh, my gosh. I wish I would have uh, should have prepared some notes for this. All right. I'll start with Harmon. You can I'm, not, I go. I'm no. not prepared either. No, yeah, Hawk says he's ready. I'm going. I'm ready. So, I would – obviously, we all know I'm an Ohio State homer, but until they get knocked off their, their, their high horse, I'm t- putting Ohio State in the playoff. Why not? Two, I'm going to go with Clemson mainly because I want to see Dabo Sweeney dance in the locker room. I want to see those Vine clips that they show after the games. And I love his energy. You talk about some personality. If I was a high school kid and Dabo came into my living room, I'd probably have a hard time not committing right there if he offered me a scholarship. And then I'm going to go, I mean, this is pretty vanilla. I, I like Bama. Just, like I said, I'm a huge fan of Nick Saban. He, get, he knows how to recruit studs. And, they have him. and then my fourth, I'm going to throw a wild card at you, and I'm going Texas Tech because I love Cliff Kingsbury. What? Texas yeah. Tech. They're going to score 9,000 points this year, and they don't need to stop anybody. Sully, you want to jump in here? Yeah, Sully, yeah. Sully, Sully's my, what do they call it in Game of Thrones? Your uh, sparrow champion or whatever they Your sponsor? Okay, yeah. okay, I like I like where this is at. Um, I got to start at number four, uh, Ohio State, the Bucks. I think, uh, think uh, they might start out slow, might get tripped up at OU, but uh, you don't want to bet against Urban Meyer down the stretch. Uh, number three, OU. Uh, I really like Baker Mayfield. Those guys are, are are talented top to bottom. At number two, your Tennessee Volunteers. Stoops oh. never gets <laughs> it done, though. Stoops, Stoops to me is uh, now that uh, I think, Georgia I think has they're going to turn the corner with Rick. I, they, they struggled to turn the corner. I think I think they'll get it last. done this year. At number two, Tennessee. One loss going into the SEC title game against Bama. Knock them off. They're going to the playoffs. Number one, Clemson. Title game, Clemson, Tennessee, all orange, and your Vols take the title. All right. Yeah. Can, might be a, might be a homer pick. No, no homer pick there. Not at all. <laughs> Definitely not. The Vols. Go, you know what, though? I wouldn't be surprised. I mentioned Mark Richt. He's built some program down there, and uh, now he's moved down to the U. But I bet you sort of the Dungy handing things over to John mm-hmm. Gruden. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if all mm-hmm. of a sudden Georgia – has a different – just shake things up a little bit, change the uh, top guy in the program there, and uh, and that might be a difference there. Yeah, my four, I lead off with number one, Alabama. I've already been on record on my podcast, The College Football Experience, saying – I made an appearance on that show. You've oh. been invited. That's right. Wow. Nice. Next week maybe with a little Pitt-Penn State as well. Oh, yeah. 
So Alabama's going to win every game this year. I'm not picking against Bama once. My number two seed, Florida State, sadly, even though I'm a Miami grad, I think they run the table in the regular season and then lose to Hawks, Ohio State, Buckeyes in the semis. I have Ohio State three. And then number four, Clemson kind of sneaks in at four. It's maybe controversial because they don't have a lot of good wins. They get in. They lose to Alabama again. And then this time, Alabama beats Urban Meyer. Nick Saban lost to him two years ago. He beats Urban Meyer for the title. Alabama wins the national championship this time around. Five and eight years. Boo. So far outside of the Tennessee. Well, the Texas Tech one was pretty good. Harmon, you want to weigh in? Harmon? I'm not Harmon. <laughs> oh, right. I, I, my sponsor has done me, although I don't agree with anything you said, <laughs> but that's fine. Yeah, I think uh, for, for the Final Four, I think Clemson will be in there. I certainly think Ohio State will be in there as well in Alabama. For my wild card pick, I'm going to agree with Sully and talk about Oklahoma because I think that they are a very good team. I like Baker Mayfield, too, when I was looking at Sterling Shepard for reception perception last year. I thought that quarterback – Played really well, and they have some other good players there as well. So I, I think that that's a, kind of a sleeper. Oh, they got some nice runners down there. Yeah, they're running back. Uh, Perrine, is it? He's really good. I think Oklahoma I might Perrine. lose this weekend, by the way, to Houston. And, check, you brought it up. A five-star kid from Houston, number one defensive end in high school football last year, stayed home, went to Houston. He didn't go to any of the big 12 schools. He stayed and went to a lower-tier school. Ed Oliver, he's going to be a beast. Mm. See, I dig that. See, that's the right way to go. Hawk, give me a name for uh, your – who's your Heisman pick here? My Heisman pick would have to be – man, you're putting me on the spot. Um, I like Baker Mayfield. Do you? Wow. I love him. I think Watson. it's – yeah, I mean, I love Deshaun Watson. He's going to be a stud. We, we know that. But he has all that hype coming in, man. When you come in with that crazy hype, it's hard to follow through on an 11-12 game regular season, everything you're facing. I just feel like because if he has one, one three and out, it's like everyone's, oh, he's off the Heisman train. What's going on? He can't figure it out. Baker Mayfield, a little bit under the radar, seems to be uh, a guy that the team rallies around for sure. And when you have that kind of uh, – he, he seems to have that moxie that we need, you know, and I like that. So I think he's going to get it done. Um, you and I have talked a lot, Hawk, about the uh, the human element and p as much as professionals try to pretend that there is no human element, oh, you just go out, you're a pro, you got to take it, you, don't, you, you shut out all the outside noise and all that. It's got to be even tougher if you're a 19- or 20-year-old kid. What happens if you're a powerhouse team like Ohio State and your goal is a national championship and then you lose in September? Do you? How do you get up for the rest of the game? I always wonder, like, when, well, once we have two losses and it's mid-October, why even show up for the rest of the season? It's true, man. That's very tough. My senior year, Texas, with Vince Young, came into the shoe and they beat us uh, in September. And we had that exact same feeling. We're like, oh, my gosh, this whole this senior year, our whole class was was just devastated. Uh, it, it is. I don't know. It's something you have to find a way to get through. And you, you have to hope to win the rest of your games and, and squeak in there and get into the playoffs now. So you still kind of have a chance. You can lose one. If you're going to lose, you need to lose early. Don't lose two, like you said. But lose early and then just stay a little bit under the radar, get into the playoffs. And run the table. Yeah, because I, you know, I just was reading about uh, Dabo Sweeney and his pitch to Watson and company. Is this is our year? We wash off all the early '80s Clemson stuff, and this is now going to live as the greatest moment in Clemson football history and all that. But yeah, what if they lose this week? It's kind of like, uh, yeah, forget about that. But let's go to the Liberty Bowl still, you know? <laughs> that that how, that's true. It's a it's a brutal thing to deal with, and I think it's tough, especially now, man. With these these young guys come in and they have all of they're just like the social media thing. I'm not trying to sound like the old, the old crusty guy, but they're just more aware of what's going on around them and outside of that locker room. When, when I was in college, I don't think we were very aware of what was going on. We weren't aware of how big of a deal it was. Everything that was going on with the, the boosters, how many people really counted on us winning. And so now you, you can't really ignore it. And especially as a kid that grew up with that, Whew, that's a lot to put on a guy, especially like a Deshaun Watson. He he seems to be uh, to be pretty competent, and he can shut it out. But it's true, you have to hear that. And man, you you need to have a fast start for sure. I think it's going to be a a long road. AJ Hawk, man, he's going to be well if he plays a season. If he plays some uh, pro football this year, he'll be grand again. Or I hope that uh, he'll be Kibbenson with us and on the Hawkcast all year about college football. He is uh, on the rise. I have a history. You know, handsome. I have a track record of Colin, who's going to be a star. I said Ike Taylor. I said Maurice Jones-Drew. I said Handsome Hank. I said Matt Harmon. 
I say A.J. Hawk. You're a star maker, Dave. That's what I do, yeah. Hawk. But before yes. you go, let's transition back to pro football here. So the college team in orange, let's give way to the uh, the orange team in the NFL, namely the Cincinnati Bengals. You know what I think. I think Andy Dalton, talk about the human element, I don't think he's one of these guys who enjoys pressure. I don't think he likes the idea that there's going to be some noise in Cincy if there are any early season struggles, that there will be a faction of the fan base and elsewhere that says, put McCarron in. He can do it. Do you agree? Does Andy Dalton thrive this year, or does he suffer with number 10 and the tattoos hidden underneath that number 10 jersey looming over his shoulder? I think he thrives, man. And and I I think so just because I've been there. I've seen him handle those situations and I've seen uh, he doesn't seem to be a guy that's too caught up in everything going on with the football, what's happening on the field, in the locker room, around him. He, he has a lot going on in his life other than football that I think helps him stay centered, however you guys out in L.A. want to call it, want to say. But works. <laughs> I don't think I don't think A.J. is breathing down his neck. Yeah, A.J. Is, has stepped in and played great. I, I think we all know the preseason games mean nothing, but Andy has stepped in and played well already in the preseason. So as long as he has a good, good fast start to the season, he'll be all right. And it's not like a thing where you're going in with a two quarterback system. Like I know Notre Dame is trying to do and your first three and out, they're going to boo you and they want to put in the next guy. So it's not, it's not at that point. Yeah. It could get to that point sometime down the road, maybe six, seven games in, but I don't think uh, he even lets that become a thing. Oh, I think it's going to become a thing, but we'll see, Hawk, and let's kibitz about it as the season goes along. A pleasure to have you with us, though, today just before the season begins. Give me a fist bump, right fist. Right. Boom. Bonk. There we go. A.J. Hawk, the official, at official A.J. Hawk is how you track him down on Twitter and find his great podcast. He talks to football guys and beyond. He talks to all manner of people in who are successes in whatever field they've chosen. And a shout-out to Ryan Hawk's podcast. I appeared on that one uh, a couple of weeks ago, and I laid it down. I just told everybody, here's how you do it. Here, here's Damashek's uh, keys to, to uh, middling success. Oh, right. there you go. Yeah, you were great. Yeah, the Learning Leader Show. It's called my brother Ryan. Man, Damashek, you were awesome. I I texted you afterwards. I listened to it, and it was very impressive. You weren't just a full go sarcastic Damashek. We got to really dig down and hear who you really were. I know. I mean, I, am I ashamed that I wept uh, three or four times? No, <laughs> no. So what? You're so should I, you be. I shed a tear. So what? No, that was a great time, and we still got to get the old man on the show, though. That's the man. That's still the goal. That's oh, the yeah. holy Fist- grail. Trust me, Pistol sees everything. So he's listening to this. He's watching. He will. He would love to come on sometime and talk. All to right, you. Hawk. Let's make that so. Oh, Pistol Hawk, Ryan Hawk. Before we know it, AJ Hawk won't even be in my top three favorite <laughs> Hawks anymore. All right, Hawk. Go get him, and we'll kibitz with you soon. Thanks for the time. All right, now let's move on as he departs uh, on the Skype. Now it's time for one of our favorite segments in all the land. Oh, I didn't get you. But before we jump into, I forgot to get uh, your Heisman pick, uh, Harmon. Uh, I'm going to go Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson. Is there anybody back there want to – I got one. Now nah, let's not debate that. Let's just get to it. It's time for Dead or Alive. If your team is playing, damn, the shake is saying if you're dead or alive, dead or alive. If you're dead or alive. Ooh, I see behind the glass. Uh-oh, I was wondering, like, why am I getting dewy in here? Because it's hot in Studio 66. It's hot, red hot, because Matt Hart. Oh, I didn't say hello to everybody uh, 20 minutes ago. I got caught up. I get lost in Hawk's eyes. Handsome Hank and Matt Harmon. Matt Harmon, of course, you want to follow him for all your fantasy news. Of course, you want to listen to NFL Fantasy Live, the podcast. You want to watch the show. And I have mentioned it before. I mentioned it again starting on Monday. Fantasy and friends, I'm going to be kibitzing about fantasy as well on your television. 6 p.m. Eastern, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday. No Thursday because there's Thursday night football. But Michael Fabiano, Matt Harmon, Adam Rank, Cole Wright, Matt Franciscovich will be available for you on the uh, on your computer because uh, you can watch them on digital on your cell phone. Watch the game with them, and they'll give you – fantasy notes to as you go into your fantasy weekend there so a lot of fantasy talk awaiting and Michael Fabiano the aforementioned one the hall of famer even 
is on the headset behind the glass. It's a good idea, Emma VP, to keep Fabiano separated from Matt Harmon. Oh, it's There's not like that. Heat. It's not like that, brother. This it's is not? Like a, this is like a way no. of the big fight. I mean, when, when he tells someone on Twitter that's a mistake to listen to my advice, that pisses no, me off no, a little no, bit. No, 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 A little no, bit. No, 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 no. It's not it. It's a mistake to listen to you over me. Not to not listen to you, but I'm oh, obviously. Because you've got that Hall of Fame. Uh, play. Oh, I don't need anything about credentials. I, I'm talking about what's happening now. People with no past. credentials say that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I want to talk about fantasy as it applies to the big fantasy draft I just had. It's an auction league. I used Matt Harmon. He has pushed this more than anybody I know, at least. The so-called zero running back strategy in fantasy. I want to talk about the pros, cons, and what Fabiano and Harmon have really been debating in a public space on NFL.com, if you read their words, and on Twitter and everything else. But with Fabiano joining us as our fourth year as we get into Dead or Alive. Dead or Alive, Tony Romo's career as a starting quarterback in the NFL. Fell Fabiano, the Cowboys fan. I start with you. Dead or alive? Man, that hurts. <laughs> well, it's a legit. I'm going to go. Point, it's what, I'm, you know? I'm going to go alive unless the Cowboys are looking real good in the NFC East after the eight games or so that Tony Romo misses. I, I say he comes back. Handsome. Yeah, I mean, I agree. it has to be still alive. What quarterback can you remember that's gone out when they should have gone out? Like we, it might this might feel like the best time for Tony Romo to say, you know what, guys, I just don't think I can do this anymore. But that in the history of the NFL, recent history in the NFL, doesn't happen very often. I I think there's, I think he probably will start for the Cowboys again. But even if Dak like does better than any of us could imagine and plays the whole all sixteen games and takes the Cowboys to the to the postseason. There are enough teams that a, a, an injured but rehab Tony Romo could go on to next year and he'd get a starting job probably for another three years in the NFL, even if it, the, the, you know, we all believe it's the start or the middle of his decline. Hmm. How say you, Harmon? I'm going to go bold here and I'm going to say dead. I think it's over. I think that this is the end of Tony Romo's career. You know, like I can't remember who said it recently, but I just heard somebody say nobody used to have a back problem. You know, once you have back problems, you have back yeah, problems. That's true. And, and that's just the end of it. And while I think we will see him again, I think his time as an effective, regular, every week starting quarterback. Oh, yeah. Is effective is different. Well, yeah. Starting. Right. I but think yes, we'll see I, him yeah. again, though. All right. Let's see what the doctor on call has to say about this important matter. It's alive. It's alive. Yeah, there he is. Tony Romo is going to get back out there. I think the Cowboys are the best situation for him because of that offensive line. That, right. that gives him his best chance of uh, of staying clean, and yet he never stays clean. You know, he takes a lot of shots, obviously. Man, I, I on a human level, I, it seems like he has had some – it's not like he has a knee, which is bad for being an athlete, but it doesn't really – sounds so on a human level so grim but i mean he's had like punctured lung and back and all the uh, just uh, a a grisly list now i might be a good idea but i do think if i i think he'll play again this season at some point first of all yep but if you say think dak prescott sets the world afire and he's the qb and they never let him back in there don't be surprised if he winds up on Cincinnati for that same reason because that's a ready-made playoff team that you could drop him into and they have a good offensive line. Minnesota must uh, be wondering, well, I wonder if we could get uh, Romo if he's if, – I mean, nobody trades but they, in the middle but of a no, season. But not no, now. I mean, they don't know what yeah. they – Not now, but I'm saying if, it, if it's like, hey, Dak Prescott's too good. Hey, uh, Cowboys, you want to swing a deal here? We'll take uh, – You're really trying to write – I don't know. Shovel the dirt on Andy Dalton's grave before he's even dead. Dave has a history of that. I'm telling you something. All right, next up, overall interest in Tim Tebow and what's going down with uh, with that guy on any given moment. Handsome Hank. I'm interested. I'm interested. Like I'm not. I don't. I don't. I'm not like overall interest. I don't believe he's. I definitely don't believe he's got a football career. I don't think he's got a baseball career. But he's a. He's there's something about him. I want to know. I want to keep following because he's going to do all kinds of other things in his life. Yeah, Harmon. I can think of very few things I'm interested less in. Fabiano? Yeah, um, I'm right there with you, man. I'd rather go see probably Suicide Squad at this point than even watch anything having to do with Tim Tebow. And I heard that movie was awful. You didn't see that. I'm surprised. No, because I like that stuff. You know what Alex Galhar said? It wasn't really that good. 
And uh, he's a man with a uh, vast knowledge of movies, so I just – Is there anything eh. funnier that Tim Tebow, the review from the MLB scouts, was that he didn't have a big league arm from the outfield? <laughs> That's the best thing That I've is ever funny. Heard. That is good. He's that an NFL QB. Now nah, he doesn't have the arm strength to make well, it. Well, that was his problem in the NFL. I know, yeah. but it's funny that Among even men. in baseball that doesn't he work He should be out like well. a pinch runner. Yeah, you don't want him run, on the right? Yanks. He just, I, he just should by run the way, my Yanke, office. My Yankees are two and a half out of the playoffs right now after selling everybody. All right, settle down. So I'm a little excited about that. Settle down. Okay. The, uh, but I will say this, though. Um, I think Adam Carolla, I don't want to steal a joke. I don't know if I said this or, or he said this, but – it would be a good point that uh, that the best sport for Tebow, if he wants to make it in a in a big time sport, bobsledding. Mm. That'd be a good one for him because he's big and strong and he's fast. Herschel That's Walker was was the guy who did that as Herschel well. Herschel Walker, yeah. Yep. And as I've said before, and I'm going to say again now too, is why do we have the four man bobsled? Don't we? Do we need the the, uh, the two man? The one guy pushes it, the other guy steers it. What? Where's the dignity in being like? Yeah, I want to be. I don't want to be on the two man bobsled. I'll be the third guy. I'll just yeah. ru- I'll just sit. I'll, I'll be the along. Third guy for the really ride. does. He's along for the ride. Damashek could do that. In Your fact, job, handsome, you and me, let's go out let's for the bobsled. You know what? Their job of the third guy is to go wee. <laughs> That's all they have to do. All right, dead or alive, interest in what Tim Tebow's up to. Yeah, please go away. Yeah. Enough. I don't, I don't no, need look. you to do this. There what was nothing worse than seeing that picture on our front page of NFL.com. It's not even a football player anymore. I don't care even a little bit. I get that, but he's not a bad guy. There are a lot of worse I'm, people in the world that I'd rather hear less from. And than, there are I mean, Donald Trump or Tim Tebow, who do you want to hear about? Just, just, just shoot me. I don't right. know. Yeah, neither one of those is a good option. All right, last up, and it's the main event of Dead or Alive. The zero running back fantasy strategy. Handsome, I'm going to let you weigh in here to start things off. Okay. Uh, I say it's dead, but I'm not saying it specifically about that. I'm saying about fantasy strategy entirely. The strategy should be get the best player that you can get at that moment. I don't think that – I mean, like, that's my strategy. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that or the opposite of that. I just think that, like, to me, the obvious thing is just grab the player that's best – in that spot. I don't need a strategy. I'm trying to figure out how best to to approach these next five minutes of our lives here right. because I just did my big auction draft How did it in go? Los did you Angeles. get booted out? This is the league that uh, has achieved some legend, it feels like, in, uh, in the digital world at least. This is the one with uh, sports guy Bill Simmons and Sal from the Kimmel Show and uh, Don Draper and so on. You know, it's a, you know, some – some real celebrities alongside you. among, you know, yeah. sporty. A lot of humble brag there. Spor- that's not a humble brag at all. They're, these oh. are, this is the. This it's is, this not is. humble. Yeah, that's true. Just call it a brag. It's just a brag. I, I don't Carry know on, what dude. It is. So what, what, what MVP? Weigh in. How does that strike your ear? You're a young woman. Do you, do you think like Dave? Well, boy, he sounds like he's trying to impress. You know, is that what it comes off a like? A little bit, Dave. Thank it's you. I'm telling you who's in the league and people know about it. Thank you, Emma. Simmons and Sal are on the on the Simmons podcast uh, telling tales about Damashek and the lunatic Randy uh, disparaging me because I because uh, I interrupted his brilliant analysis of the night of. Let's just his- hear more about uh, John Ham's team. Oh, he's a dreamboat. Let me tell you something. Oh, he's a he's a real dreamboat. Very handsome. You got that right, John Ham. All right. So anyway, we had our draft, and it's a kickout league. I got kicked out last year by Sal. In a, in a it was fantastic. How yeah, it was out. very clever how he did it. It was like a survivor style like puzzle, and two guys were competing. You thought to save themselves, and then when the puzzles were completed, uh, it spelled uh, Aloha Dam or Bon Voyage Damashek. See in twenty sixteen. Yeah. So I survived mm. it. This year, the Dutch Mook was uh, was kicked out of the league by the aforementioned uh, Randy. But um, so, yeah, so I went on Harmon's advice and Matt Franciscovich's and against Michael Fabiano's. I went, even in my auction, I went zero running back strategy. Real quick, Harmon, explain what that means. So zero running back is a strategy that uh, Sean Siegel, who writes for Rotoviz, came up with in 2013 
uh, after using it to some success in the 2000 or 2013 season, he published the article in 2014. Essentially what it is, is for at least the first five rounds, you just completely punt on the running back position. You load up on mostly wide receivers. Also, you can mix in quarterbacks and tight ends, although I don't particularly tend to mix in the quarterback uh, in those first four rounds. Again, in the high leverage rounds, you're targeting wide receivers over the running back position. Hey, and Dave, why? Dave, can I make a point yes, real quick? Can, though? Yes. So I, I've actually talked to Sean. Um, and in one of his big wins in 2013, his first-round pick was Jamal Charles, and his fifth-round pick was Le'Veon Bell. So he didn't even follow that. I don't think that's as much of a, like a, a gotcha moment that Fabiano thinks it is. But I, I understand. But I, it, I know in the high-stakes community, people are like, "Why is, is?" And I'm sure Sean is awesome and knowledgeable and and great. But he's he's well known for winning this one league where he didn't even use the strategy that people sort of tag him to. So, and I know he's used it, but you also have to remember, these are ridiculously competitive leagues where you start three wide receivers and two flex, and it's PPR. That's not my audience. Those are not those, my audience, and honestly, it's not NFL.com's audience. Those are important qualifiers that that those, that those leagues do favor the wide receiver position because yeah, you absolutely. start five of them. They're PPR leagues. That is an important difference, though. I think there's still some utility to maybe not going full zero running back in like a ten-team standard. You know, right? Because it, you shouldn't, because it's not good. Well, that is ridiculous to just it's say not it's not good. good. Sounds to it's me like Harmon's walking back from this already. No, 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 that there is more reason to do it in a league like that, but it can absolutely still be successful. Anything can like be that. successful, just right. like Henry said. But so then why also, are you saying it's not good also if anything my, can be successful? Because in the 10-team standard leagues where you're not getting points for catches, running backs are valuable. Of especially. Course. So why avoid the position in the first five rounds? In our PPR mock, Matt Harmon took two running backs in his first five picks, including David Johnson with the first-round pick, which is a great pick. But it's not zero RB. You're not going zero RB in every draft. You shouldn't. Oh, look at this. I love it. Come on. You haven't said one thing positive yet about it. Dave, I want a mic drop right now. I'm done. I'm done. I don't no, need to say anything yet. else. We're not done yet. Why are you? you have, what are you talking about? I can mic drop right now. The man. Sh- show me. Sh- show me. Strategy. Show it. Well, for one, it's not my strategy. What? Two. And, but Sean sh- doesn't tell, even use it all the time. Tell me where <laughs> anyone has ever said you should use it in every single draft, including me. Can you show me where I've said? But that? in your article, you don't. You don't say PPR. You don't say that Sean Siegel invented this strategy for high stakes leagues that start three wide receivers, two flex, and it's PPR. You don't say that anywhere. And you have right. to understand your audience. Standard leagues are what we have here at NFL.com. It's a high percentage of what people play here. It's not your audience. It's not my audience. So to say that and not qualify it with this is for. PPR, three wide receiver, two flex, where you could start five wide receivers, you're, you're, you're not doing yourself justice, and you're not giving the people out there all the information. That's all I'm saying. Someone get okay. Fabs' yellow okay. jacket. Can I go? Okay. He okay. needs the jacket. I was ready I to say, no, I was ready <laughs> to say that this was Moneyball, Harmon was Moneyball, and uh, Fabiano was Art Howe going old, defending the old school way. Listen, man. Bangle things, but you know what? <laughs> Handsome said it. There's a gold jacket. No, on. no, There's no, no, a gold no, no, jacket. Let me let me reply. Let me reply. I want to see with the jacket. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, Harmon, go ahead and reply. Let me reply. The only thing, my point in the entire article was that the wide receiver position is more important than the running back yeah, position nope. right now. Fabs, uh, Fabs, let me talk. Let me talk. Fabs, let me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. You'll this be is better. Wrong this is better enough. than the political analyst going at the Trump. A lot better. Same, same you're, better. You're no, I let you point. talk. Now it's my turn. <laughs> right. It's like CNN. Yeah. Exactly. You, you've had your chance. Let me just let me speak. I don't know if I need to say anything else. Honestly. Go ahead. There, the right now, the running back position has been trending down for the last several years. It is not a reaction to what happened in 2015, which was admittedly a cataclysmic year for the running back position. Top 24 running backs have been trending down every single year since 2006. Wide receivers are becoming more consistent scorers, even in standard leagues. And there's just – 
They score more points. I mean, what do you want? Wait a that's, minute. No, that's they what don't. It's all about. No, they don't. That's what it's all about. Top 24 receivers are trending up in terms of scoring. Who, Running backs are who trending Who averaged down. more fantasy points per game last year? No, no, no. See, this is what Fabs Antonio does. Brown. Fabs tries to take a one-to-one comparison. And Wait a minute. That, that means something. No, I can We're go more than one-to-one. I can go more than one-to-one. We are talking about the entire But you didn't answer the question. Did Freeman average more points than Brown last year? Because it's not a relevant question. Aren't you down? Wait, aren't, you down? Aren't, you, aren't you down? Aren't you down? Aren't you down on Devonta Freeman? Yeah, and I would draft going... Antonio Brown before him. No question right. about that. Of course, I never said wide receivers weren't trending upward. They absolutely are. You'd have to be a jackass not to see that. So why would oh, you call him a jackass? The so bottom why... line is that running backs are still extremely valuable. You've Nobody's got, you nobody is got, nobody is arguing that young running backs who could be great this year, including two behind you and David Johnson and Todd Gurley. And when you talk about a strategy and then don't use it, I'm sorry, but I lose respect. The credibility is gone. He doesn't Eric, respect gone. you. Okay, but 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 what no, did I, I do? What did I for zero RB? What? That's what I'm saying. What did I do in our Periscope mock draft? I went a zero RB team there. So I, but, but, there's another. Gotcha but wait a minute. Moment. But in our other PPR league, your first round pick was a running back, and I think your third or fourth round pick was a running back, which is not zero RB. I live and die by what I say. I go running backs and wide receivers, probably for the first five rounds. But who's for sure. paying for the wall? And That's I'm, what I'm and talking I'm, about. And I'm I flexible. What I, I preach. And I'm flexible. I don't He just says go. you're inflexible, Fabs. I'm flexible. I, I'm, not, I, I'm not married I'm not, to this running back wide receiver. Oh, wait a second. Let's I, I, am, I am less flexible in my 40s now. I can, Anecdotally, yeah, at yeah, least. Yeah, yeah. So we did our 10-team auction. Yep. I talked to the fantasy stronghold. I want to see. Who did you get? Like I'm going to show you right now. I, I talked to Harmon, his bearded hipster pal, Franciscovich, Gelhart, and Marcus <laughs> Grant. They all advocated, all right, let's see if you can do this. The important thing that they told me about auction, and as I always say, auction uh, draft is the is fantasy football for grownups. It's much more difficult than the snake draft. I love that, but that's a, that's a sidebar. But I went in, and the important thing Harmon said was, what you're looking to do is the instinct when you're doing an auction is to keep enough money so that you have balance top to bottom. But, of course, that's not what you want. You, what you need in fantasy, you need difference-making stars. So, Fabiano, to answer your question, reveal it. The cool cat spelled with two Ks in my 10-team league auction style. Four minutes in, Fabiano, to the night. Mm-hmm. It's a long night. Four minutes in. I had spent $60 on Antonio Brown, $50 mm-hmm. on Odell Beckham, and then I went and got Sammy Watkins. Those are my three wide receivers. No, very good, and I'll give you an example. I was just – and now I'm going to name drop so you guys can make fun of me. I was I just in the Allison Chains and Friends draft, which, nope. is, a, which is a half-point PPR – and that only counts as a name drop in 1990. All right. What are you talking about? It's true. Nobody, man? Nobody, no one listening to this podcast. Okay, no Duff McKagan was there too. So how about that? All right, yeah, Guns N' Roses. Same. I don't care. That's my music. But three of my first four picks were wide receivers. But it wasn't zero RB because David Johnson was my first pick. And you have three very good Fabs. receivers there. We're, three. Listen, zero RB we're, says we're no running on backs. For the fr- I'm sorry. We're talking cats football now. It's time to talk <laughs> cool cats football. I, 2016. I like your team. How good is, it, is that is it, team? Is it, is it Let's PPR? Put it back up. I know. I, I, need to, I, I can't see it right now. I need it's to put it back PPR. up. It's not PPR. I, my QB, I got Drew Brees, and then I got Tyrod Taylor on the cheap. I didn't spend a lot for either guy. 13 for Brees, $200 cap. Why did you pick up? Oh, the Steelers defense, of course. Steelers defense. Well, I like that. Okay, so no, your wide my team. I want something to read. Your wide receivers are very good. You need help at running back. But they're not. But you need Carlos Hyde to be the breakout candidate. A lot of people think he is. Duke Johnson, Dan Woodhead. He's a good sleeper. Kristen Michael, Chris Ivory are my five runners. I start two. But here's the thing: you're going to start Hyde every week, but then you're probably going to be like, boy, who the heck do I start between Duke and Woodhead? Unless one of these guys breaks out. I like your wide receivers. And, again, I'm not adverse to drafting wide receiver-heavy teams if the scoring system is basically pointed in that direction. But I, but I am fast. not going with no running backs in my first five picks. Do you think that my team in a 10-team league is successful? Because my receivers are not merely good. I have the two best wide receivers, you would think, unless Julio Jones somehow disrupts sure. that. Sure. Brown and Odell, and then Sammy Watkins, who is potentially a top Four or five guy this year too. I mean, I'm so loaded at receiver that it 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 nullifies as long as they don't as long as Hyde and company don't zero me every week. I'm going to be in. Shouldn't I win most of legit? You've got to you've got to hope Sammy Watkins doesn't turn into Mike Evans. And I like the wide receivers, and you're going to be competitive. I want you to love them. 
I'm sorry. No, I, I love. Them. How can you not love those first two wide receivers? Yeah. All right, well ridiculous. then, say love. Don't say like. I love. How can you not love those two first wide receivers? But I think you might be scrambling at running back, which is why I don't use that zero running back strategy because I think you might. Be I want balance. As well. I want balance on my team. Let me get one last point in here. All right. And I think Fabiano has, has said a lot of interesting things uh, about this entire True thing. Interesting thing. Uh, I think that your team can be successful because of all those running backs like Danny Woodhead, Duke Johnson. Those guys are pass catchers. You know when those teams are going to get into pass-heavy game scripts based on whether they're playing a team that might beat them. And a guy like Chris Ivory, when the Jags are predicted to be in a game and more competitive, that's when they're going to give him maybe 20 rushes. So you're playing, you know, a musical game, a, ch- a game of musical chairs with the running back position, but that's what being a good fantasy player is all about. It's about winning on a week-to-week basis. You don't just roll with the same team every week. That's silly. That's Actually, how you're going to get to eight and three. If you draft a balanced team, you don't really have to play and then the you matchup get, And then you much. get third. And then you get third. I tell you, I mean, I've done this the last two years. I've been in the finals in our NFL Fantasy Live League. Did you win? Were you in the final? No, I got beat. But at that point, point. the playoffs are all luck. To be honest with you, there's a lot of luck. True, there's a lot of luck in fantasy football. Andrew Luck didn't play luck. But to get to the finals, I mean, that's that's saying something. All right, all that information being said, the doctor on call has studied it. Dead or alive, the zero running back strategy in fantasy. Don't let me down, Doc. Yes, it's alive. Why? Because Damashek just used it. It better right. be alive or harm is in a lot of trouble. For better or worse, it's dead, my friend. At least well, in standard scoring leagues, it's dead. Well, you can't say well, until we see. Well, let's see. Check. Let's check so, back in in 13 what, uh, weeks, and then we'll see. Well, well, so if you make the playoffs, then it worked. Or is it championship it, or bust? Well, I mean, I don't know. Make the play. Let's see if I if I am. Here's my promise. Here's my promise to you, around, Fabs. Uh, if I'm over 100. Most weeks, and it's a success. But if I will, lose, I will use it in I mean, a standard league this year, and we'll see. And I, I, and I would love to see that. That's great. Absolutely. Real quick, just yeah. real quick, to uh, the fantasy uh, gurus, uh, young and old. I don't know here. what a guru is. Old, old. I'm 43. Oh, boy, man. Let's not compare numbers. Here. I feel, Handsome, I feel you say I'm in trouble right at quarterback. I have Drew Brees and Tyrod Taylor. Yeah, may not yeah. work out. Uh, those are two of the top six options, right? I, I like that he's taking uh, umbrage with your quarterback. I really I like mean, Tyrod. Oh, yeah, Tyrod. I, I, I like Tyrod. That. I wouldn't want Drew Brees. That defense is going to be crummy, I think, in Buffalo, ironically. Yeah. And I think the offense is Taylor gonna, was great yeah. last I like Tyrod. I'm, I'm, I was half uh, okay. I wouldn't want yeah. Brees. I, I'm just glad he didn't point out that Jared Cook, uh, future top ten tight end, Jared Cook is your is your starter because that's where you're really strong. You like Jared Cook or Julius Thomas there, Fabs? Julius Thomas is kind of uh, end of the top ten tight end in fantasy. I so. think Julius Thomas actually steals the Harmon's favorite uh, football player is uh, Allen Robinson, Robinson, and yeah. I think Julius Thomas is going to. If he can stay on the catches. field, maybe. All right, the great Michael Fabiano, excellent stuff as always. Thanks. That's for not what Harmon says. My I enjoyed pleasure. that. He, no, Harmon calls him the great ing, Michael Fabiano. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, uh, thanks, Fabs. It uh, is what it is. See him on NFL Fantasy Live. Read his pages at NFL.com. Track him down on Twitter. All that stuff. Uh, Emma, will you will there. you just make sure he goes, and then we'll keep Matt back here for 10 minutes or so, so there's no like, – yeah. we don't want them we to don't meet wanna, outside yeah. the studio. He's on his way out now, yeah. That was yeah. Some, some audio troubles right. there, huh? There up, were audio troubles? Up and down. Up and down <laughs> with that yelling. <laughs> There's a lot of yelling. Lot of I don't yelling. really like to yell. I, you know what? I, uh, my handsome nose. I love heat as yeah. long as I'm not one of the people participating in it. I love to watch and I like to help facilitate. Yeah, by shouting things in the middle of it. Yeah, I like I like to. Stoke I feel like we did a good job of that. I think you and I were great. Yeah. I think handsome you and I were the winners here. Right. I hope the listener agrees that he 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 or she is also a winner for that. Yes. And let's also remember, uh, this is what we do for a living. Right. That's that's what the funniest part of all is. Right. So we sit around. We I like the fact that there are two grown ridiculous. men arguing about about this. <laughs> oh, believe me. Ev- in general. Every day I have an existential crisis right. about how meaningless this all really is. Now, see, that's the hipster beard yeah, yeah. in I'm talking. Sorry. All right. Last Facts. thing, as I promised at the very top of the show, Black Tie, our longtime producer, has moved up to San Francisco now. But in his honor, we will keep his most legendary bit alive. The Elimination Chamber. We have a good question today. Elimination Chamber. Elimination Chamber. 
Rank was with us the other day. Adam Rank came back to bid his farewell to uh, to Black Tie, and he cracked the code of how to do the elimination chamber. After all these years, we we could never figure out the meaning of it, including Black Tie. Right. What are you eliminating? The good one or the bad, bad one? one? I think it was Rank said this. I'm going to give you four teams now with the terrible Teddy Bridgewater injury, which mm -hmm. is a real shame, and hopefully he comes back soon. I really do legitimately think he was about to take it to another level this year. I think he was going to. I, I think he was yeah. going to thrive. So feel bad for him. But um, as it is, the NFC Wild Card now feels more in play for teams uh, that otherwise might not have had enough to catch up to the Vikings or Packers or Cardinals or Seahawks because presumably the loser in those two divisions will still have a good enough record to, to get that wild card. So eliminate one until we get to who is going to be left standing with the wild card. The Vikings, the Cowboys, the Redskins, the Buccaneers. If you want me to throw another name in there, I, I this is the time to do it. But I think those are the. Four I think those are four good ones to to track against. Yeah. Okay. Handsome. Go ahead and eliminate one. I of those four. So we're gonna go all get it all whittle it down. We will. One. We're gonna whittle it down. Take okay. one that you know is not. The made. first one I'm taking off the list is the Redskins. I, I know so that's the one I agree with. All right. Go. I, mean, I don't agree. All right. Go ahead. So they're gone. That's fine. DC out. I'm going to eliminate Dallas. I hear that noise. All right, so that leaves it to me to eliminate. Here it is. I am going to knock off the Minnesota Vikings, and congratulations to famous Jameis Winston. He gets the wild card. He guides those Buccaneers to a playoff spot in his second year. Gerald McCoy, Levante, David, Mike Evans, I think, has a really big year in fantasy and in real terms. Doug Wait a Mar second. Do you really believe this? Or are you? I mean, I get that we all just eliminated one. Is that what you thought would be the final one? I really did. Think really? That. Yeah. yeah I, had the, I have the Buccaneers getting in at nine and seven. You disagree with that? No, I don't. I mean, I just, you were, you were sounded so prepared then. It sounded like that was the team you're expecting to it come is, out of it, this. It, it, it is, in fact, my choice. Yeah, it right. was, it, what, that was who it was. Although the other team that looms, although, you know, a lot of people are getting behind Mike Zimmer. He's going to overcome this, and that team's built to win, and they are. I just, but quarterback's Sean just Hill. too imp – yeah, Sean Hill is yeah. – yeah. It's tough to overcome that. Yeah. It's a lot to overcome. Yeah, Sean – I mean, the, this – a lot of people I've heard in the last 48 hours or so make the argument that, well, Teddy Bridgewater only threw 15 uh, TDs last year, and they won the division, so obviously his presence isn't key to their – he, like I say, one, he was going to take it to another right. level. Two, the Packers are going to be better than they were last year. And three, Sean Hill is a major drop-off from Teddy Bridgewater. So what if it's not Sean Hill? What if, what if, it, what if there is a, a – tra like you said earlier, what if there is a trade for a Geno Smith or A.J. McCarron I think is, is probably not realistic? I don't buy that they can get up to speed early in the season to, to make a big difference. I think you got to roll shot. Even if you did get, say, Geno Smith or right. Josh McCown or Nick whoever Foles else. Or whatever. whatever, whatever yeah, be. right. Nick, that's a good one. Nick Foles would be somebody mm. you might take a look at. But no matter who it is, I don't think in the short term you could say, hey, yeah, we start in, uh, in seven days. It's get ready easier to with go. the guy standing Great. behind you, though. I guess, but how helpful would Sean Hill be? I'd be like, nope, uh, well, you want him to play quarterback, he can figure it out. No, I meant oh, Adrian coach. Peterson, not Sean Hill. Oh, I see, I see. I thought you were saying With that, that guy Hill standing would... behind you, it li it's probably a little bit easier. Here's a play that will always yeah. work here. Like, <laughs> Sean Hill would be like, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to give you the I'm going to give you the worst one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I, Sean Hill's that kind. I of... want to talk to an NFL QB who does diabolical stuff like that, like Doug Flutie. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh yeah, I gave Doug Doug Johnson terrible ideas. <laughs> That's why he was so terrible. All right, so congratulations to the Bucks and uh, condolences to the Vikings, and uh, ultimately, who really knows whether or not it's true. We'll be back to grab to get you all set. I'm, I have a feeling I'm going to outlast the, uh, the closing music. That, that was way too early. On our well, next yeah, episode, I know, she jumped the gun. And Black Tie would never have done that. Oh, yeah, he would have. Uh, he would have oh, yeah. asked for the show to be over 28 minutes ago. I'll say this, though. We have to figure out, we have to, once all the preseason games are over, as is our tradition, then and only then can we put Damashek's seasonal predictions in pen rather than pencil. Well, and because you need to see who makes the 53 mount. You want to see right. who the last three players. I have to have all the information. Okay, Look at what see. just happened to Teddy B. Yep. I had him at 11 and 5 and in the playoffs. So you'll be watching. We're, we're recording this on Thursday. You'll be watching all the games very closely during the fourth quarter just to see no. who makes it and who doesn't. No, I don't, wa well, I don't watch the preseason games at all. I've right. told you that. that. That only muddies your thinking. That's, that's, that's <sighs> so the why, would you, why are you now. waiting then? It almost looks – because I have to see – who gets hurt? I don't know who might get hurt in the next few days in practice. I have to see that. 
Okay. And you'll have my final predictions. All right. Thanks to Matt Harmon, Michael Fabiano, Handsome Hank, and the great A.J. Hawk. We'll be back with more Hooey and Applesauce later on. Wow, that was good timing. That's good timing. Man. That's much In better. the meantime, it's been a thin slice of heaven. Harmon doesn't like Fabs, and Fabs <laughs> thinks that Harmon's junk, junk, junk. Introducing the first ever Grand Highlander, a mid-sized SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander boasts three spacious rows with available seating for up to eight. It's available 362 horsepower. Hybrid Max powertrain unlimited and platinum trims delivers the power, acceleration, and efficiency so your family can take on any adventure. There's even a standard digital key, a panoramic view mirror, and a 12.3-inch multimedia touchscreen so you always arrive on time. Live life grander in the first-ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash Grand Highlander. Hi, I'm Gabby Reese. Join me and my husband, big wave surfer Laird Hamilton, on our journey with Laird Superfood. From our kitchen to yours, we've crafted delicious plant-based creamers, coffee, greens, and so much more using high-quality functional ingredients. Visit LairdSuperfood.com and use the code GABBY2024 for 20% off your first order. If you're ready for an epic family vacation, there's no better place than sunny Orlando. Exciting thrills, never-ending food festivals, fresh new dining experiences, outdoor adventures, and Florida's natural springs, and so much more. Orlando has it all. And Visit Orlando's vacation planners can help you plan the perfect trip. In Orlando, anything is possible, if you can imagine it. And that's what makes Orlando unbelievably real. Plan your escape today and save at visitorlando.com.